good morning, everyone. It's it's a wonderful day to be in the, the house of the Lord. And while you're getting seated or getting situated, I want you to turn to somebody on the left and your right and complete this sentence. We just finished the song, Because He Lives. I want you to just turn to somebody around you and say, Because He Lives, I can or I am. And just share that with one another this morning as you greet um, each other in the name of the Lord. wonderfully exciting to to think about all that is ours because of what Jesus did on our behalf. And while to us it just takes the the acceptance of the free gift of, of grace through faith that he paid the price on the cross and we are so thankful for that. And because of what he did, we join together today with our hearts and our minds and our voices to worship the Lord. And I welcome you to Cross Timber on this last Sunday in January. It's hard to believe the month is over, but we are excited to be here, and we are excited that you are here. So if you are a visitor, we're glad you're here with us this morning, and we hope you enjoy the service. And just to point out to each one of you, there's a card in our bulletin. looks like this. It's called the Connect Card and gives you opportunity to share information. So if you have a pencil or pen, you can just jot down your questions or um, comments. Just leave your name and some contact information on that. Also on the back, if you would like us to pray for you or with you about something, just write that on there as well. And then in a couple of minutes, we'll be passing um, the offering plate, and you can just put that in the plate. Um, we're going to read from Psalm chapter 5 in a few minutes, so if you want to turn over there and be ready, that would be a great thing. But let me just remind you of a few things. First of all, next um, next day, tomorrow, tomorrow morning, Monday, men, if you are um, able and available, 6.30, um, men's breakfast at Elk's Diner. Um, we would love for you to, to join us there for a time of fellowship and, and prayer as we start off the week together, 6.30 tomorrow at Elk Diner. Ladies, just to be looking forward to the fact, since February is almost here, February 10th will be the next Ladies Connect, so um, be um, on the alert for more details concerning that, but that's coming up on February 10th. And then I just want to highlight, as I, I try to do every week, our Wednesday activities. We have a Wednesday lunch. We gather at um, 11 o'clock. We sing songs together. We have a time of Bible study. Um, we pray, and then we enjoy a lunch together. And still currently, even in 2022, it's the best lunch deal available. Um, you can come and enjoy lunch with us um, free of charge. And we hope you'll enjoy the fellowship and the food with us maybe this week. And then also our, our Wednesday evening prayer time, we meet at 6.30, and we, we meet together to study God's Word and to pray, and for the last several weeks, we've been joining with our, our students to, to pray. We prayed this past week for revival, and we're um, looking forward to this week to prayer walking our building, to pray not only for our teachers, um, ministers, but for the work that God does inside our building. So if you have not been a part of that, we welcome you to, to join us for that this week. And then one last thing, you may see it in your bulletin, um, in the center section of our bulletin. Last week during our quarterly business meeting, we agreed as a church, we set a goal to raise $5,000 to invest in the Adult Conference Center at Latham Springs Baptist Encampment in Aquila. Um, after that um, idea was presented, we, are, we already have um, about, we have half of that money already pledged from folks willing to give $2,500. So we are working toward praying for the Lord to, to bless and to give his help to raise $5,000 to, 
which would essentially purchase a room in the adult conference center and help them be able to complete construction there, hopefully um, by next year. So if you would like to contribute to that, if you'd like to invest in the work God does through, um, through camp ministry, you can just make out a check or write on your envelope. Just put Latham Springs in the, um, in the memo or on the envelope, and that money will go toward that, and we'll look and see what God will do in helping us to be a part of his work there at Latham Springs. I'd like us to read from Psalm chapter 5 this morning, and then we'll take um, some moments to pray before we receive our offering. Psalm chapter 5, David writes these words, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry. My King and my God, for to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful men. But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down toward your holy temple in fear of you. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness. Because of my enemies, make your way straight before me. For there is no truth in their mouth. Their inmost self is destruction. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Make them bear their guilt, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Because of the abundance of the transgression, cast them out, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exalt in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. Will you join me as we pray? Lord, we're thankful to gather together in your name. And as we've already sung, we are benefactors of all the riches of heaven because our Savior Jesus lives. And we thank you that because you are righteous and you are good, that you cover us with your favor like a shield, that we have the benefit of your protection and that we can sing with joy because you are a refuge in our time of need. And Lord, in the, in the world that we live in, there are enemies that stand against us. They're not men and women, but they're the spiritual forces of evil. It's the inner workings of our own flesh. And we thank you that those enemies are defeated and that you make our way straight in the middle of the challenges of life. Thank you for your love that just is so abundant, that never leaves us, that never gives up. We thank you that you're a holy God and that you don't delight in wickedness, but you take great joy in the obedience of your Son, and in him we are called righteous. And this morning, as we gather together, we say, just like David, Lord, hear our words, the groanings of our heart. Lord, pay attention to us when we cry out, because we call out to you, the one who is Lord and King of all. Lord, we prepare this morning to offer the sacrifice of praise before you, 
But God, we ask beyond that that you would help us to offer our bodies to you as a living sacrifice. Lord, that we would just say, here we are. We are yours. We come to worship you. We come to meet with you. And as we prepare to leave in, in a few moments, we would ask that you would prepare our hearts to serve you. And Lord, we would be like the prophet Isaiah. Then we would say, Lord, here I am. Send me. Or we pray for those who are sick and we trust them to you knowing that you are the healer. You are the one that strengthens bodies. You are the one that sets the number of our days. And so, Lord, nothing escapes you. Nothing happens that is not in your plan. And so, Lord, for those in our, in our family, in our church family that are sick and help, we, we do ask for your healing and we trust them into your hands. For those that need help, for those that need rescue, need salvation, we thank you that you are a God of salvation, that you would speak to hearts and you would change lives, and Lord, you would give us a boldness to speak of the one who has made the difference in our lives. Help us to sing the praises of our Jesus where we go. And Lord, we look around the world and we see places where it's hard to follow you, but the church is faithful. And this morning we lift up the nation of, of Ukraine. And already there are churches and people that are, that are moving away from the border, from the west toward the east. They're fearful of attack, of aggression. But Lord, I thank you for the reports that we hear of the churches that are already on the eastern side of Hungary, welcoming in believers, ready to take care, ready to meet needs. And God, we thank you that you are Lord over all, that rulers and kings bow to you, that you are sovereign and you are good. And so we lift the nation of Russia, we lift up Ukraine to you and say, God, they're in your hands. And Lord, no matter how dark things get, no one will ever be able to break it. No one will be able to stop the light, that your light will shine through in darkness. So may your people be bold. Lord, give them courage and give them strength. And Lord, give us that same strength in this place. Help us to worship you this morning. We pray that you would take our offerings. You would use them to, to bless the ministry here and the ministry around the world. And we thank you for the privilege that we have to give. Help us to give with joy and with gladness. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and sing with us this morning?
Ephesians chapter 6. Where you're welcome to turn in your Bible or look that up on your phone. We have the privilege of looking at God's Word together. The Lord has used the songs that we sing together to prepare our hearts, that we would welcome in His presence and we would trust in the the truth of His Word that stands the test of time as He he guides us and teaches us this morning. We've been looking at for the last, well, really for the month, um, just focused on areas related to, to prayer and how we could make that a daily part of our life and the benefit of that. We looked last week at at prayer as relationship. And this week, um, the basic theme is looking at at prayer as spiritual warfare. And just like to spend some minutes this morning just around the theme of standing your ground. Now, whether we're aware of it or not, or involved or not, there's a battle that rages on around us all of the time. God and God's people are at, at war against the, the forces of evil that exist in this world, against the very flesh that is inside us. And that battle is real. It's fierce. It affects everyone. No one escapes. And it will continue on until Jesus returns. And the battle that we fight is spiritual, and it requires weapons that are not of this world, it requires spiritual weapons. It's a battle that we are unable to win by ourselves. But the good news is because of Jesus, we are not unarmed and unprepared. In fact, if we have Jesus in our lives, we have everything we need to fight the battle. We have His armor that He has given us. And when we put on that armor, we put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and in His strength we can stand firm and we can have victory. And that victory was the what Jesus secured on the cross. And so today we're going to look at fighting this battle in the place of prayer and how we stand on the firm foundation of Jesus in the victory that he secured, and pray. And the main idea that I want you to to begin to kind of get your mind wrapped around is that when we're fitted with the armor of God, believers stand in God's strength to fight spiritual battles through prayer. Now, at the end of Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, He begins in verse 10 with the word, finally. And he continues and he says, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth 
and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Lord, this morning we turn to Paul's words to the Ephesians. Lord, we look at the fitting of your armor, the strength that you provide, and the call to prayer. And we ask that in this time that we have, you would teach us through the wonderful gift of your word and by the power of your spirit. That you would form us into who you want us to be and you would show us the things we need to know. And that by faith, we would put them into practice and walk in obedience. We trust you to do that, and we look forward to it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Back page of your bulletin, there's four brief statements with some blanks to fill in that will help you as we we move along this morning. But the first thing there is in these words from Paul to the church, it's a call to be strong and take your stand. Now, I am not a fleet-footed person. I was blessed with good balance. But I do know that if you want to stand firm, you have to start with a solid foundation. You have to have firm footing, both feet on the ground. And that's probably the best way for me to live in my life is I'm probably the safest when both of my feet are on the ground. Anything beyond that, I put myself in... um, in jeopardy of losing my balance. And the same thing is true in faith. We need to have both of our feet firmly planted in faith in Jesus so that we don't stumble and that we don't lose ground to the enemy. Paul spends most of the letter that he wrote to the Ephesians, in fact, even though they didn't have chapters back then, they added those later, five and a half chapters. Paul gives instruction to this church, teaching them truth and theology about who God is and what He has done for us. Teaching them to think the right way about who they are as believers in Christ. And then how they should live in light of this truth. How they should relate to one another, wives and husbands, parents and children, slaves and masters. Basically, he teaches them the basics of faith. And then in verse 10 of chapter 6, we come to finally. So in the light of all of this information about who God is and who we are in Christ, Paul tells the church then and believers today to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. They've received all the education about who they are, now he says it's time to take your stand. See, God is willing to provide 
and does provide everything that we need to fight the battle. We have, the Bible tells us, the power of His Spirit at work in us. We have the truth of His Word. We have the armor of God. We have the weapon of prayer. And with those things, when you add faith, we are rightly fit for the battle. And as we learn over time to stand in faith, we stop depending on ourselves. And we learn over time to trust and depend more upon God and His strength. But if we want to stand firm, we have to understand that that requires a strength that is beyond ourself. If we want to stand firm in a spiritual battle, we need spiritual strength. Now, I'm honest enough to admit that I'm not very strong. And to lift heavy things, I'm not afraid to ask someone for help. It helps me to be able to do things that I'm not able to do. It also reminds me of this, that in a spiritual battle, we can't do it alone. We're not strong enough. You will fail. You will fall. And you need help. But the good news is, God will always provide what we need to accomplish what He intends. What does that mean? That means if you know God has called you to something, that He will provide what you need to achieve that. If God has led you into a circumstance, if God has led you into an affliction, into discomfort, into pain or sickness, you can trust that God has and will provide for you what you need to bring you through that circumstance, to lead all of His children faithfully and gracefully all the way home. I had the privilege of attending two um, celebrations of life over the last couple of days. And one of the things I thought about was God's goodness to lead His children all the way home. He doesn't just get us close and push us the rest of the way. No, all the way home. That's the God we serve. He always provides what we need to do exactly what He calls us to do. And so He's given us His strength. It's the strength of the Lord. Nothing in this world equals it. We can always depend on it, and it never runs out. In Romans chapter 8, Paul says, it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's wonder-working power, and it's power that is in the life of the believer by the Holy Spirit. Listen to what Paul wrote earlier in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. We have access to this power by faith. And he goes on to tell us that 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 power is grounded in His love and it works in us. It's a power that's more than we could ever ask for. It's more than we can imagine And it's a strength that Paul told the Corinthians is made perfect in weakness. That when we say, God, I can't, he says, I know, but then he gives us the strength and the power to do what he calls us to do. And Paul gives us this command, be strong in the Lord. Now, I don't know if you can tell by looking, but I don't do a lot of weight training. But I've read about people that do weight training. I've seen people. And I've, I've understood that it's true that if you do weight training, you get stronger by doing 
more work. The more weight you lift, the more repetitions, that over time you become stronger. Well, in spiritual training, it doesn't quite work that way. You see, in weight training, we do the work. In spiritual training, God does the work in us. And He strengthens us when we declare dependence on Him. Basically, when you say, God, I can't do it, but you can. And then we remain or abide in Him and allow His power and His presence to work in us. That's what you see in those men and women that rise to be spiritual giants in the place of prayer. That they have declared dependence on God, they are reigning in God, and they're taking a stand in His strength. Footed with their feet firmly on a foundation that is Christ, fitted with His armor, standing firm. You know that word stand just means to be on a firm foundation. In a military context, it would mean holding a position or holding your ground, not retreating or backing up. In the Christian life, we think of it as standing in faith. And you think about the day that we live in. Paul knew it back then, it's true today, that the day that we live in, just like it was back then, is an evil day. And Paul says, stand firm. The devil is still doing everything that he can to confuse, to frustrate, to frighten Christians. And so we stand firm against all of his schemes. We stand firm against attacks like soldiers would in a battle. And that battle is real. The enemy is real. It may not be seen. It's mostly unseen, but it's a daily struggle. But the victory is already secured. And so we're strong. We stand firm. But also, the second thing is that we put on our armor. In battle, a soldier depends on having the right equipment. Firemen, before they go out to fight a fire, put on their helmet, their jacket, their pants, and their boots. Policemen, before they go on duty, fit themselves with a bulletproof vest. And if you were to ask a fireman or a policeman, they would probably tell you that that equipment is no good hanging in the locker. No, they're not ready to go out until they have the equipment on. And without God's armor, we wouldn't have a chance in this world. And so Paul tells us to take up the whole armor of God. It's an all or nothing proposition that when we put on the armor, we put on Christ and we put it on by faith through prayer. And it's the only way that we could stand. Without it, we wouldn't last. Because when you put on the armor, you're completely covered. And what Paul gives us is a description of how Jesus covers us from head to toe. And in that, we can be ready to stand. That on around our waist, we have a belt of truth. Now, practically, we know belts hold up our pants. It's a good place to hang a knife or your phone. For a soldier, it held everything together. It helped attached the the breastplate. It gave them a place to hang their sword. And in our life, we think about the fact that the truth of who God is and what He does holds everything together. That it all makes sense because we believe by faith that things are true. And truth keeps us in the battle and helps us to be ready for the battle. 
Now fitted on the chest, the Roman soldier would have a breastplate that would protect their vital organs, their heart, their liver, their lungs. Be much like a bulletproof vest in our days. And Paul says to take on the breastplate of righteousness, that we are made righteous in Christ. We stand firm in the righteousness of Christ, and he provides for us what our self-righteousness could never do. That because Jesus is in our lives and we're covered in Christ, we can live a holy life that pleases God. That we can stand before God without guilt or shame. And then he says, don't forget about your feet. Put on those shoes of the gospel of peace. Long before Nike and Converse and all the shoe companies developed cleats for football players to wear, the Roman soldiers had it figured out. They had leather sandals with metal cleats. They could move quickly. They could stand firm. They were able to cover large distances without becoming tired because they had good feet, good shoes on their feet. And we all know the value of having a good pair of shoes. But these shoes of the gospel of peace remind us that in Christ we have firm footing. We have a confidence to stand because God gives us a peace that passes all understanding. And with that, we can share the good news with others and offer the message of reconciliation and peace to others. And he continues on and he says to take up, in all instances, the shield of faith. Now, if you've ever played with a little plastic kid set of the armor of God, that's, that shield's way too small. We're talking about a shield the size of a door that a grown man could stand behind. It was made out of wood and leather. The leather was treated or soaked so that when the enemy would fire not an arrow, but an arrow that they would light on fire, that when it would hit the door-sized shield, that arrow would extinguish. It would go out. And so these were large shields that would provide great protection. They could even be locked together in times of battle. And so the men could move along almost like, you know, a human tank. They could even put them over their head for a covering. And so they would be protected. And so as God's people, when we take up the shield of faith, when we take God at His Word and say, God, we believe what You say is true, and we trust in Your promises that we have this protection that is not just for ourselves, but also for those around us. It's a beautiful picture of what it means to stand side by side with other believers in faith and in prayer. And when the devil brings accusation, when the devil brings lies, flaming darts, the shield of faith helps to block them. But Paul also includes our head. He says the helmet of salvation. It, you know, the head is where our, our brain is. Um, so that covers and protects our head. The helmet of salvation helps us keep our thought life. Think about that. Keeps our thoughts in the right place. Reminds us of who Jesus is, why he came. Protects our minds from the attacks of the enemy and reminds us of truth. And with that, we have confidence and assurance in the battle. Now, each piece of the armor so far is defensive. It's for protection. And we put that on each day with prayer. In fact, not only do you put it on with prayer, we can't really pray until we have it on. And that armor is not complete without the sword of the Spirit. So the third thing there is grab your sword. 
Roman soldiers carried a sharp, straight sword for close combat that was heavy and very short. For a Roman soldier, if they had no sword, they had no chance. The Marine Corps, gentlemen that served in that branch of service, could probably quote the entire thing, but the Marine Rifle Creed, this is my rifle. And then it goes on later and says, my rifle without me is useless. And without my rifle, I am useless. A Roman soldier would have said the same thing. This is my sword. My sword without me is useless. And without my sword, I am useless. And a Christian, without the truth of God's word, is helpless and useless. See, we can own as many Bibles as we like. We can fill our shelves and rooms and probably... If you're like me, you have more Bibles in your house than you can use. But an unused Bible is of no use. And what a powerful weapon God has given us in the truth of His Word. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews says. Hebrews 4.12 says this, The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joint and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The sword of the Spirit is God's Word. It's a weapon that is both defensive and offensive. It helps us to fight against the enemy and his attacks. It helps us to know what is true and what is not. And then when we're guided by the Spirit, it provides great benefit. The wonderful gift of salvation comes from the knowledge and the truth of His Word. It shows us what's true, what's a lie. It instructs us on how to live, and it guides us when we pray. We see the example of Jesus when He's tempted in the wilderness, of using God's Word to fight against the devil. And we can use it in our day to fight against lies and to fight against the devil as well. And so standing firm and in the Lord, in the strength of the Lord, fitted with the armor, with a sword in hand. In verse 18, Paul gets to how we fight. And that's pray and keep alert. If you notice the progression of the verses, be strong, stand firm, put on the armor, grab your sword, be ready, alert. But for what? To fight the spiritual battle with the weapon of prayer. Verse 18, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Spiritual battles take spiritual weapons because, as he told us in verse 12, the battle we are fighting is not against flesh and blood. We have spiritual enemies that are real, they're persistent, well-organized. Some enemies are from within, like our flesh, some are from without. Satan and his forces that are led by the devil, and they always stand against God's plan and against his people. And as we've said earlier, it's a battle that you cannot win on your own. 
We need a supernatural weapon, the weapon of prayer, to fight this battle. And some of the things that we fight against constantly are doubt, worry, fear, feeling unloved, feeling rejected, selfish thoughts, prideful thoughts, temptations, trials, struggles, and every other evil plan that the enemy can dream up and throw at us. The day we live in is evil. Our enemy is real. But as Romans 8.31 says, if God be for us, who can be against us? And when we pray, the privilege we have, not only a fellowship with God, but calling on His name to act on our behalf, to seek His wisdom when we're confused or when we need it, to trust in His power, and to live by faith, trusting that God will come through. If we had time, we could probably go around the room and let everyone share testimonies about how prayer has worked. But let's just sum it up here. Prayer is powerful. And I really, I think I just, I believe we've only scratched the surface of what God is willing to do when we join our hearts in prayer. And we need to pray all different kinds of prayers. Prayers of thanksgiving, prayers of of supplication, prayers of repentance, prayers of rejoicing. We need to pray at all times, morning, noon, and evening. When things are going good, when things are going rough. We need to pray. And when we pray, we constantly need the help of the Holy Spirit. Because right now, every one of us is in the battle. And because we're in the battle, we need to pray for each other. And so as you look around and you see faces, as you remember names, pray for those people because whether we see it or not, they're in the battle. Whether you feel like you're in it or not, you're in the battle. Soldiers fighting depend on one another. They work together to achieve objectives and they provide covering for each other. They give support and aid in times of crisis. Think about that in, in terms of, of your relationship with other believers, with other people. That as a church, we can work together to achieve God's objectives. We provide the covering of prayer for one another. When there's help needed, we stand in the gap and we help. But also we look around and we have to realize that some people are all armored up. They are ready to go. They got up in the morning and they dressed from head to toe with Jesus. They have met with Jesus. They're ready for the day. But so many people walk out the door on a Monday morning or a Tuesday morning or whatever day and they are armorless. They didn't take the time. They don't have the trusting faith. And they need us to Pray for them as well. Because the battle just keeps on going. It's a daily battle, which means it goes on from day to day. Now, some days you may recognize as maybe calmer than others. You may think, oh, I'm having a pretty good day. But we always have to remember the fighting never stops. And we never get a day off. There's never a furlough. And so Paul provides encouragement for the battle. 
a translation that um, I look to every now and then just for simple ways to explain things, and you'll get it by the version. It's the easy-to-read version. Um, it's the ERV. Um, it sums up this section with this. First, be ready. Some translations say keep alert, to be on guard. Now, to be a good soldier, you want that soldier to be awake, to be ready, to be alert at all times, because they never know when attack is coming. It's a call for believers to keep their spiritual eyes open because we don't have the luxury of being lazy or neglectful in our faith. The other day, we were at our, our farm, and as I've told you before, I'm, I'm learning little bit by little about cattle, and we had two um, baby calves, and it's, it's a bit of a challenge, um, you know, sometimes to, to get them to be still enough to figure out if you've got a bull, calf, or a heifer. And so I was watching this little guy walk, um, which we later found out he is a boy and his name is Buster. And I was watching him walk across the pasture and I was standing in a corner where the fence and the gate meet like this. And I was in this corner looking that way. And I had my arm over the fence watching the calf. Well, what I was not paying attention to the fact was that Ferdinand, um, our bull, not nearly as lovable as the cartoon bull, um, had um, his eye on me. And as I hear, Rusty, look out, I moved just in time as um, Ferdinand, who has rather large horns, um, made a swipe at me by the fence. Um, fortunately, I, I didn't get hit, and I was blessed by that. So Deborah's telling Samara the story on the phone, and Samara, our our daughter that can just sum up things so well says, never turn your back on that bull. So, the same thing's true in our life. The enemy is real. We never get a day off. And we can't turn our back and think everything is okay. Because you're not immune to an attack. And you may not be experiencing something right now, but just wait, it's coming. So mom and dad, don't let your guard down. Keep praying. Keep standing in the gap for your children. Grandparents, keep standing in the gap for your grandchildren. Husbands, wives, don't get lazy. Pray for one another daily. Pray for your kids. Stand firm in prayer. Pray with each other. Young people, we need your prayers too. Pray for your family. Pray for your friends. And never give up. The word in the ESV is perseverance. In the Greek, it means to be strong or steadfast, to be firm. And when we pray with persistence, we keep on praying and we stay on track, on task. In Luke 18, Jesus tells a story about this widow who is going before a judge, and he tells us the purpose of that is to teach us that men ought always to pray and not give up. So don't let doubt, fear, or laziness or weariness keep you from praying. If you're standing on the truth of God's word and you haven't seen what you're praying for, keep praying. Stand firm. Never give up and be ready. And keep on praying. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. 
and this is from the Amplified, says, Be persistent and devoted to prayer, being alert and focused in your prayer with an attitude of thanksgiving. Because our day is filled with evil, we have to be persistent and devoted and alert in prayer. We have to be focused. Because people around us still need to trust in Jesus and know who he is. We need to remain firm, remain steadfast in our prayers. Because the battle keeps going and we're never exempt. We need to keep praying. And we need to pray all kinds of prayers, which means we need to pray We need to pray more, and we need to keep praying. And some of the things that we can pray for from this passage is that we can pray for ourselves and pray for others to be battle ready. That we would be ready to fight the battle each day. We can pray for one another to have perseverance, that we would not give up or give in. And as Paul asked for himself, we can pray for boldness. And we need boldness. I speak of the wonder of the love of God and the power of the cross and the blessing of a relationship with Jesus. And as we pray for battle-ready people that persevere and they're bold, we have to remember that when we're fitted with the armor of God, believers can stand in God's strength to fight spiritual battles through prayer. We've said Again and again, the battle keeps going, and the battle requires spiritual weapons. And if we have Jesus, we have everything that we need. And that includes victory that Jesus won on the cross. And we fight that battle in prayer. So as we close, again, it's just a a summary of the passage. Let me just give you, you three things that remind us of in God's power, we can stand our ground in prayer every day that we have to put on the armor. We have to make sure that we are in close relationship with Jesus. Now, some of you may find it helpful on a daily basis to actually pray this prayer in Ephesians. And some people, like me, find it helpful to rehearse those different things. You know, when you're praying for the helmet of salvation to point to your head, the breastplate of righteousness, point to your chest, you know, the belt of truth, and, um, you know, your feet for the gospel of peace, shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit. But put on the armor. It's a reminder that our relationship with Jesus is ongoing and daily. The second is to pray all kinds of prayers. To expand your prayer life. Don't just ask for everything. Spend time praising God. You know, Give thanks to God. Spend time allowing Him to search you, to take inventory so that you can repent and cleanse your life. Pray all kinds of prayers. And then the last thing is just to swing the sword. See, we can have on our sword, but if we never draw our sword, it's not much use. A reminder just to study and to live by the truth of God's Word. I believe, you know, more, more than ever what, you know, the, the church in, in America needs are are men and women who are dedicated to the battle, that aren't running from the fight, but that are facing the enemy head on, not in their own strength, but in the strength of the Lord, but fitted with his armor in the place of prayer or using the sword of the Spirit to fight, to intercede, to tear down strongholds, to call on God to do incredible and amazing things.
chances are your life was influenced or the path of your life was changed because of a praying grandparent, great-grandparent, mom or dad, someone in your church, someone in your life that was praying for you. And the power that we can have. God's power unleashed for the benefit of others simply by calling out in prayer for God to do great and mighty works. Let's stand in God's strength to fight the battle, the spiritual battle through this wonderful gift of prayer. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you and words sometimes fall short of expressing the wonder of the truth of your word. But God, it's, it's miraculous that you do and choose to use the, the words of, of men to communicate um, to help bring a better understanding of truth. But God, beyond that, we're thankful that by your Holy Spirit, you help us to understand your word. So God, since we truly believe that you have, you're in this place and your spirit is present in the hearts of believers, then we know it's really your work to apply your truth to our lives and we are asking for our hearts to be plowed and to be made ready to receive your word. Lord, that the good seed would fall on hearts that are prepared as good soil and as you rain on it, with your presence, with your mercy and your grace, that it would grow. And you would grow us in this area of taking our stand in prayer, fighting the battle, the spiritual battle that is around us. And Lord, we also just ask for the work that you do in the hearts of men and women, young people and of children, that as as you show them who you are, you show them your great love, that a love in heart in our hearts grows for you. And so, Lord, this morning, if there's someone here who doesn't know you but wants to, they can tell that you've been speaking to them, they've heard your voice, maybe it's from a Sunday school class or from something they heard on the radio or maybe even this morning, that they can see that they just, they're calling on the name of, the, of Jesus, trusting in faith turn in from ourselves and turn into you as the way to new life and salvation. And we ask for that, Lord, that you would work in their hearts. Help us to hear your voice and to respond in a way that pleases you. And we pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're going to stand in just a second and, and sing together. It's the, the time that we have at the end of our, our service to respond to the Lord as he's spoken. So um, it's opportunity to come to the front and pray. Um, I'll be at the front. You can to pray along with you. If you need someone, you may just turn to someone else and say, hey, will you pray for me? Or maybe today is the day God says, I want you to be a part here and to, to get connected and join this fellowship. Or maybe today God's just saying, hey, I want you to really know me. I want you to know Jesus. And today could be the day of salvation. So will you stand and sing with us and listen and respond as the Lord speaks?
good to be in the Lord's house today, and it's been good to see all of your faces, and we're thankful that God's faithful to meet with us as we join together. Let's pray blessings on you this week as you go about your way, and just enjoy the first couple of days of this week while it's warm, because it's going to be cold later, so um, make your make your grocery store run and get ready. Um, buy milk and bread, um, so you'll be, that just seems to be the Texas thing to do when we're when there's an emergency, is to stock up on milk and bread, so be ready. Um, it's been good to worship with you. We're going to sing a song this morning, as we always do, and when we start to sing, you're free to go. The Lord bless you. 